So today we come to 1 Tim- Timothy chapter 4. Um, this chapter is mainly a sober reminder to Timothy of the hardships and the struggles related to Christian ministry in the church. Uh, it reminds him that there are many heartaches that will come in ministry, and he, but he's to remain steadfast through it all and even set the believers an example in life and in, in how to persevere through those heartaches and hardships. So let's take a couple of specific things we find here. And the first has to do with where he says some will depart from the faith. Paul opens the chapter with a sober but strong statement. He, he, we're not told exactly um, how he received this, but he says, verse 1, the Spirit expressly told him that in later times, some will depart from the faith. If, if this is a revelation to Paul from the Holy Spirit of God, and it is, then it, like the re- rest of Scripture, is infallible and inerrant. Unfortunately, the infallible and inerrant um, revelation given to him in this instance from the Holy Spirit, as we noted, is that in later times some will depart from the faith. That's quite a sobering truth. We know from elsewhere in Scripture that Paul is not saying here that there are those who are genuinely saved who at some point will walk away from Christ and lose that salvation they previously had. No, these apparently are people who at some point in time made credible professions of faith in Christ and thus were outwardly associated with and members of the church. But all, all the while, despite profession, professions coming from their mouths uh, or their activity within the church, there was never... Uh, any genuine spiritual life in their hearts. Remember the scripture says in Romans 10, 9 that, that if we confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. There are many who make professions with their mouths but, uh, but have other motives at hand and, and could not be said that they genuinely believe in their heart. They were never truly born again and converted to Christ and thus when they depart from the faith they are simply departing from the outward form of religion which they had previously tried to associate themselves with. It was never real to begin with and time told the true story. When was this to take place? Paul says very clearly that it would take place according to verse 1 in later times. Translation now we're living in later times. Therefore, it behooves every believer to examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, and 2 Peter 1, 10, to make your calling and election sure. We've been studying Hebrews in Sunday school this year. We've seen the many warnings uh, and thought about those very carefully all, all this school year. And, um, you know, the, the writer to Hebrews was confident in those to whom he wrote, like we saw in chapter 10, the last verse, that, they were not of those who shrink back and turn away, but it's, it's those who are lazily confident that they, that could never happen to them, or they just, they're just, they just don't care. <laughs> that's, that's the ones that are in the most danger of that very thing. Uh, for proof of that, consider what Paul tells Timothy himself later in this chapter, and that is, namely, train yourself for godliness. Uh, and that's in the middle of the chapter in verse 7, he, Paul tells Timothy himself, train yourself 
for godliness. Even for the pastor, godliness was not something that he could just coast into or assume um, that would happen automatically just by the passage of time, but rather something for which he had to train himself. It was hard work. It took effort. It took diligence. It still takes diligence. It still takes effort. It's, it is still something for which we must train ourselves. Uh, those who, who don't believe this or who are apathetic toward it when they read it are those who are in the most danger of falling into the situation described in the first point of departing from the faith. Paul compares training yourself for godliness to bodily training in verse 8. Anyone who's ever uh, run a race or, or uh, like a, a half marathon or anything like that, if it's to be a successful one, knows it, it, it has to be just that, a regimen. It, it requires discipline and perseverance. It requires passion and dedication. Of course, growing in godliness is only accomplished in us by the power of God and the Holy Spirit in us. But this, this power works in us as we give ourselves to those things through which we grow in the faith. Prayer, scripture intake, bearing witness to Christ, service in the church, all those things like that. Now, notice that when Paul gives Timothy the command to train himself for godliness, he sets it against the negative command to have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. That's verse 7 also. In other words, um, strive daily to have nothing to do with worldliness, but rather set your hope daily, as he puts it in verse 10, on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. Paul uh, describes the Christian life variously as a race sometimes. See that in 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27, or uh, as a fight at other times, 1 Timothy six twelve. Both require training. This is the life to which we've been called by the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he called us in his sovereign grace, it is the life we've chosen for ourselves. Uh, let's think long and hard about what it means that you've given your life to Christ. That's a couple of thoughts from 1 Timothy chapter 4.